The following is produced by Artisan Church. Welcome to the Artisan Church Podcast, a weekly broadcast of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. To learn more about Artisan Church or to support the ministry, visit www.artisanchurch.com. Today is the fourth Sunday in the season of Lent as we get closer in our journey toward Easter. We have a kind of a different way of interacting with Scripture today, a really wonderful way of doing it, and I'm really excited to share it with you. Uh, But before we get to that, I want to do a couple of other things. The first thing I want to do is uh, say our memory passage together. Um, Yeah, you don't know it yet. (laughs) You're probably the only one, right? Everybody else has memorized this already, right? Yeah, well, if you haven't memorized it yet, you can read along with your Bibles. There should be one under your chair or maybe in the chair pocket in front of you if you're in one of the fancy ones. Um, and these red Bibles is page 603. Now, we're working on memorizing this passage during the season of Lent, which is not that many weeks left. So if you are behind on memorizing this, as I am, we have some work to do. Um, take it a little bit at a time. You know, you can, you can learn a a sentence in the morning and a sentence at night. If you did that every day, you'd be up to speed. It really is a genuine effort on our part to understand what others' experience has been. Um, and so I'm, I'm a- very happy to hear that that, that uh, has been one of the things that, that you've seen. So thank you for sharing that, you guys. Um, these community fasts are sometimes, sometimes feel like we're out alone, even though it's a community fast. So I wanted to make sure that you all got a chance to hear what some other folks are going through. Thank you. Um, So this passage that we're looking at today is an odd little story from the Old Testament. It's from the story when the the Israelites were wandering through the wilderness. They had been brought out of Egypt, but they weren't yet in the promised land, and they had been disobedient, and so God sort of led them all around here. And it's from the book of Numbers, and it's a a really kind of, like I said, an odd little story. Now, I've got the passage on the screen here, and if you brought a Bible with you, I would really like you to look it up, and if you didn't, I would really like you to get one and have it open, because the way we're going to experience this text today, um, you will probably benefit from being able to see the words on the page. As I mentioned, we have a special way of interacting with the Scripture today. It's an ancient Christian spiritual discipline, and... um, We've done this from time to time here at Artisan, and, and so this will be uh, familiar to some of you. It'll be very new to others of you, and that's a good thing. Well, it's called Lexio Divina, uh, which is a Latin phrase. It just means sacred reading. And I love this discipline for, the re- for one big reason, for a number of reasons, but the one big reason is that it combines the disciplines of reading the Bible and of prayer into one thing. So if you're kind of a type of person who... Uh, wants to be efficient in your spiritual devotion, <laughs> you can kill two birds with one stone, maybe, in this, in this type of thing. And what happens is that in Lexio Divina, we read the same text four different ways in succession. And so the phrases that are underneath there, reading, thinking, praying, reflecting, those are the four stages of reading. 
Now, there's a couple ways to go about this. One way would be just to read the passage one time in the first way, one time in the second way, once in the third, and once in the fourth. But more traditionally, it's rather than being a single reading in each stage, it's a period of time where you read in each stage. So if you were to do this on your own, you might dedicate 40 minutes to one passage and give 10 minutes to each of the stages of Lectio Divina. We don't quite have 40 minutes here today, so we're going to go a little bit more quickly than that. Um, But this is very much something I would like to encourage all of you to try at home, and you don't have to be an expert at it. I mean, uh, this is just designed to give you a a little taste of it, and then you can sort of explore it on your own. Um, So each reading, each stage of reading, that is, has a different focus, and each one has its own Latin name, but we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll put the English equivalents there for you. And so let me give you a brief summary of each of the stages, and then what we'll do is we'll go through and actually read the text four times, and you can, we can go a little deeper with each of, each of these readings. The first stage is called reading. Um, it, easy enough, right? And the idea is that you read for comprehension. It's sort of as a normal way of reading the text, and the one thing that's different that I usually advise people to do is, as you are reading it, be aware and look for and listen for maybe one key word or phrase that seems to rise to the top during that reading. I sometimes use the expression that, that, that those words tend to glow a little bit when you're reading it. So that's the, f- the first reading is, is called lectio, which just means reading. And the second one um, is uh, you, you read with a more focused, intentional thought. Meditatio, you can obviously see the root to the word meditation in this, this word, but it's basically thinking. So you're you're reading the text the second time and thinking more intentionally about what it might mean for you. You're beginning to go a little bit deeper and um, with a special emphasis on that key word or phrase if one appeared to you in the first reading. Okay, the third one is oratio, and that simply means prayer. And so you're going to read the text as a prayer. Now, prayer can both mean saying things to God and also listening to God saying things to you. And uh, it can be either one, but again, you're reading the text and praying, and that, that special key word or phrase might, might be the centerpiece of your prayer. And the fourth stage is called contemplatio, which just means uh, you can obviously contemplation, see contemplation in that word, but you're reflecting on the whole experience. You kind of sit back, read, and you stop doing any work with the text. You just sit and read it and allow it to sort of uh, wash over you a little bit and reflect on the experience that you've had with God through the Holy Spirit, and through the Holy Text. Okay, so that's a real quick overview of the, f- of the four stages. We're going to go back through and do them one at a time. Um, and uh, I will read this passage to you once, and we'll do the lectio, just the reading. And after I read it, I'm going to give you a minute or two of silence to look at the text on the page if you wish, or just to kind of think about it. Now remember, we're just reading to understand what's happening in the passage, just trying to get the comprehension and you're listening or watching for one key word or phrase that rises to the top or glows for you. This is Numbers 21, 4 through 9, and uh, this is Lectio. From Mount Hor they sent out by by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, but the people became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? 
For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it upon a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. Continue to reflect on that for just a minute. Okay, so hopefully as you read that, you got a sense, first of all, of what's happening in the story. But also, I think many of you probably did have the experience where a certain word or phrase stood out to you. Did, did, did you have that experience in the first reading? Um, would anybody like to share, just shout out the phrase or the word that stood out to you? You don't have to say anything about it. Say it again. Impatient. People spoke against God and Moses. Okay, good. Anybody else? Complained. Yeah, okay. Yep. So you see how different words stand out to different people, and that's part of the way that I think God speaks to us through the Scriptures. Uh, Certainly we do this in community, but we also do it as individuals, and God speaks to us directly sometimes through these readings. Now, we're going to go on to the second reading, which is meditatio, um, and it's thinking. Now, one thing that's important with this discipline of Lexio Divina is that you have to be kind to yourself. <laughs> when you're going between the, two, the, the four stages here, among the four stages, sometimes your mind is going to try to wander and jump to the next one or go back to the one you just finished. Don't be so mean to yourself and say, oh, I'm terrible at this, and get frustrated. Just say, okay, no problem, uh, and then steer your mind back to what you're supposed to be doing. Now, this one is thinking. So you're, you're reading through again, and you're paying special attention to the word or phrase, if one stood out to you, and it might not happen until this stage. And you're starting to begin to ponder what that might mean, what this passage means, what those words mean. And there's a, an interesting etymological um, fact about this, the idea of meditation, that it, it's a similar word to rumination, and, it, and the uh, context there of, the, of the, the meaning of the roots of that word is a, a, a cow or a similar animal chewing its cud. Isn't that a funny image? So you're chewing on the words of Scripture in this stage. You're turning it over and over and over and kind of gnawing at it and feeling its resistance and getting a sense of its shape, and uh, we won't take this metaphor any further, but... Um, you're pondering this. Just chew on it a little bit as we do this second reading, okay? 
Same text, different focus. From Mount Hor, they sent out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God, against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it upon a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. So continue to meditate and think on that passage for another minute or two. Now, just because you've spent some time thinking more intentionally about this doesn't mean that you understand it completely. You might have felt an increase in your understanding of the passage. You might have felt an increase in your confusion about the passage. You might have become more comfortable with it. You might have become less comfortable with it. Those are all okay and normal responses for this stage of of, uh, Lectio Divina. So I wonder if anybody would be willing to share what kind of things seem to appear and what thoughts you seem to have about the passage during this second reading. Yeah, Moody. Yeah. Right. So the, the, the idea of impatience just keeps, keeps pressing on for you. Yeah, yeah, good. And that's very—that's I mean, really kind of the ideal way to experience this. Is if you have that sense of a, an important word or concept in the first reading, you you really have a focused um, thinking of uh, about that word or phrase or concept in the second reading. And so, again, you may not come to understand it completely or what it means for you completely. But yeah, Mark. Yeah. So did you hear what Mark said? He, he said, first he said something very telling. He said, I didn't notice this on the first reading. And that is why we read it more than once. Um, but he said that, that the people's prayer was not actually answered. 
that God didn't take the serpents away. He left the danger there and provided a cure rather than a preventative. Yeah. And that's, that's a wonderful example of, of what meditatio is about. You, you look a little deeper. You see something from a different angle. Um, and, and sometimes, very often, in fact, you see things that you didn't see on the first reading. Okay, so we have three hands that went up instantly. And I was, uh, so let's do all three of them real quick. Um, Joanna, go first, please. So he's teaching them about his character, not only by, by having that punishment for their speaking out against him, but also by providing, uh, you know, the cure, the healing. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, isn't that funny? <laughs> is there no food or is it miserable food? Right. <laughs> Yeah, a very childlike complaint, you said. Interesting. And that's, that's another great example of the type of observation that can come about from this stage of the reading. And the last one for this stage, Dallas. Yeah, so you've, you've come at this in a very kind of historical, intellectual way for this reading, which is wonderful, saying this is an odd thing for this culture to have done, to put something up high on a pole rather than making a little pile of stones or sacrificing an animal or something. This is a very different, and it's, it literally stands out <laughs> for them to have done it this way uh, in response to God. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So... That is the second stage, meditatio. Now, the third stage is where things get very interesting to me. Uh, it's oratio, which means prayer. And you may ask yourself, how can I pray while I'm reading? And how can I read while I'm praying? Um, the answer is yes. <laughs> so, you... <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Ah. Uh. <laughs> okay. Let me say a couple of brief things about this, because mostly it's about... It's best just to experience it. But sometimes we pray and we don't come up with very interesting words, don't we? And we get frustrated by that. Well, here's a solution. We pray with the words that are on the page already. Um, that's part one. And then part two is that this is a chance for you to just simply be honest with God about what you think of this passage or what he might be poking you about this passage, if there's something like that. Uh, and to, if, if you... If you're frustrated, you can say that to God. This is prayer. Um, but I would really stress that prayer is a two-way street. And so often in Christendom, prayer is like a mad lib. Dear God, grocery list, amen. I want all these things, amen. Praise Jesus. Um, and if we would, I often say this, and I, I maybe it's a little harsh, but... 
I stand by it. If we would just shut up for a few minutes while we're praying, we might have a different experience. And so one of the ways you can pray during Lexio Divina, this third stage, is simply to be silent and hear the words and uh, open your spiritual ears intentionally for what God might want to say to you as opposed to what he might want you to say to him or something like that, which is a little bit weird. Okay? So let's read this a third time together, Numbers 21, 4 through 9, for Eratio. From Mount Hor they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it upon a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. So continue to pray those words for another minute or two. So this third stage of reading is sometimes where the rubber hits the road a little bit. And um, speaking personally, I can say that that third reading is where something finally happened for me (laughs) personally. The first two readings were just kind of like, well, okay, we're doing this. Um, And maybe I'm teaching people how to do something, and I don't really have to do it myself. Uh, Oops. So uh, I wonder, is anybody willing, this is, this is where it gets a little bit more personal, so is anybody willing to share the, the nature or the content of the prayer that you experienced during this third stage?
<laughs> so it sounds like your your conversational prayer with God was was remembering times when you when you sort of spoke out against him and told him that you were angry with him, um, but then saw that that God actually taught you something by bringing you through that. Yeah, interesting. Anybody else have a prayer you'd like to share? Yes, Bethany. Yeah, so you, you hear God saying to you that you can't box me in and, and have me do things the way you want. Yeah, this is going to be strange. Yeah, strange ways. Thank you. Maybe one other person, perhaps? Yes, Amy. <coughs> Yeah, so you hear God uh, reminding you that you are sometimes impatient as well, uh, but that if you will lift your head up and look, there's, there's, to use your words, there's this higher power that can help you through this. There's hope. Yeah, thank you. A lot more to see and be grateful for is a good way to put that. Thank you. All right, so... The fourth stage of reading is in many ways the most difficult because it's the most simple and it requires the least of you. What it requires of you is to not do anything else, which is something we're terrible at. We're terrible at not doing anything, aren't we? <laughs> I can do what I want, play Xbox all day. No, but, um, but we're terrible about, about doing nothing in a spiritual and intentional way, right? We always got to be working and going and doing and praying and asking and reading and writing and journaling and maybe God just wants us to sit and reflect. And I think that's what this, I know that that's what this fourth, fourth reading is for. And so I'm going to read it again and you're going to read it again. And what we're going to do is stop working and just reflect and remember what happened in the previous three readings. And if you catch yourself going too far down that road again, forgive yourself and just sit and reflect and let the waves of the Holy Spirit uh, wash over you or or let them crash on the breakers off in a distance so you can hear him. Um, but the point here is that we contemplate, we reflect and ponder. Our last reading. From Mount Hor they sent out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze 
and put it upon a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. Just a few minutes of personal contemplation and reflection as we finish this Lexio Divina. Anybody want to share your, your moment of contemplation there? Typically, again, these stages would each take longer, so you'd have more time to soak it in. But Yeah, stirs. It's in living that all four of these come together. You're struck by life. Yeah. Interesting that a passage about death reminds us of life. Yeah. Fascinating. Thank you. Maybe one more person could share a, a contemplatio reflection. People got what they needed, not what they wanted. Answering your prayers without answers. Hmm. Spoken by God's servants. <laughs> 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 Some of God, okay. Uh, um, yeah, Tim just quoted Garth Brooks, and I'm going <laughs> to... Of course, I was hinting at the Rolling Stones a minute before that, so I don't know. What, what does that say about you and me, Tim? But... <laughs> <laughs> well, I really do hope that you will try this on your own. Try it this week, even before, before you forget about it, while it's fresh in your mind. You might try it with your memorization passage. How about that? If, uh, if, if a word or phrase stood out for you in, in doing Lectio Divina with Isaiah 63, one th- 61, 1 through 3, you wouldn't forget that word or phrase, would you? You'd have a part of it memorized, at least. <laughs> Well, uh, to close, I want to read to you the gospel passage. This is from John 3, and this passage contains what, um, what I think is pretty obviously the most famous verse in the entire Bible. And again, as I mentioned at our confession time, it's fun to read these passages and see these famous verses in a little bit of context. Now, this happens right after last week's story. Jesus had cleared the temple out and upset the temple leaders, and one of the Teachers of the law named Nicodemus came to Jesus on the roof at night because he already got the sense this is not a person you want to be seen talking to, but he was intrigued, and he asked Jesus some questions, and part of Jesus' response is contained in today's gospel reading. 
Um, it's John three fourteen through 21. Um, it's sort of our tradition to stand for the reading of the gospel. Would you do that, please? Some of you are already like starting to stand, but like, I guess I have to do that. Here's Jesus' words. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned. Those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Amen. Be seated. Just as Moses Moses lifted the serpent up in the wilderness, the Son of Man must be lifted up. An obvious foreshadowing of the cross and the death that Jesus himself would take on. And talk about seeing life in a story of death. It is that death, that sacrifice... That pile of ashes from which we see the most beautiful truth in all of the world. And it's that death that we celebrate at communion. It's that blood of Jesus, that body that's broken, that we remember. And so when we come and and tear the bread and dip it in the wine or the juice, we are not only doing a Christian tradition, of course that is part of what we're doing, but we are also remembering this grand story that traces its roots all the way back to Moses and even before that, but certainly to the serpent raised up on a pole in the wilderness. And everyone who looks to this pole is saved. Um, and in some ways, the uh, the you might say that the, the blood of Jesus is, is poured out for all of us. And these little pieces of paper represent the people that we see God calling us to be. And we can't become those people on our own. It is by looking to the Son of Man lifted up, that we fulfill the calling that He's placed on our lives. And so I'd invite you now, as we continue to worship Him, to come to the table to receive this gift of life, to remember His sacrifice, but most of all, to look to Him and to be saved. Respond to the calling of God on your life wherever you sense it this morning as we continue to worship Him together.